Hey, everybody, this is Eric Krasno, and you are listening to the Plus One Podcast. I want to thank everybody that's been tuning in, everyone that's been sharing the show, everyone that's been hitting me up on Instagram. You can follow us at Kraz Plus One, that's K-R-A-Z Plus One on Instagram. And you can message me at Gmail, Kraz Plus One at gmail.com. If you want to send us a message, ask me some questions, give me some suggestions on guests, that's been really helpful. And I just love hearing from you guys. So, so send me some messages. Um, I urge you guys to follow us on Spotify or subscribe at Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And like I said, just sharing the show really helps us and it helps us keep this thing going. So I appreciate you guys. I want to give a shout out to Osiris Media. They helped me put this podcast together and they have a lot of other great content that you can find at OsirisPod.com. All right. I really, really, really love the guest that's on my show today. She's an incredible singer, such a funny person, such a positive, positive person. I first met her at the Apollo Theater when I got to be a part of the 50th anniversary with Christian McBride and a slew of amazing artists. But she really stood out. She got on stage and just crushed it. Um, I hadn't heard her music before that. And after that, I started to watch her videos. I highly recommend you guys checking out her performance on the NPR Tiny Desk Show. It's so good. Her charisma on stage, her ability to tell stories through her music. It's just really inspiring to watch. And uh, I also love Dana Johnson, who is her partner in crime. He jumps in uh, partway through the show and we get to chat with him a little bit. And he's been become a good friend of mine uh, since I met them. And uh, I'm just excited to get into this interview. So let's get into it after a quick word from our sponsors. All right, she's an incredible singer, a great songwriter and composer, and now a producer. And I've just become such a huge fan of hers in this past year. I'd like to welcome today's Plus One, Miss Avery Sunshine. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. I've been wanting to have you on the show for a minute um, uh-huh. because I'm not only a fan of your music, I'm just a fan of you, period. Uh, I follow all the different things you're doing. And um, I remember I I discovered you when we did the show together at the Apollo, which is actually like one of my favorite nights ever. Uh, Performing with you, we met through Christian McBride, who also has been on the show. And we spoke a little bit about this. It was called Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud at 50. It was a concert at the Apollo. And I couldn't believe I had heard your name before, but I hadn't sat down and listened. I started listening to you and I loved your music. And then I saw the the tiny desk, which I know a lot of people out there have seen this, but I just loved hearing you sing, talk, uh, tell your stories like I was like she's like a singer a comedian a storyteller and and all of that and so I've been hooked ever since and and during COVID you have like kept going and found all these different avenues to do your thing um so anyway I appreciate you taking the time because I know you guys are always organizing different things and I wanted you to talk a little bit about what it's been like um, being at home, you know, during the pandemic and how you kind of found these different things to do and different outlets for your your art. You know? Well, one, 
thank you for thinking enough of me and Dana to have us on this amazing podcast. It means so absolutely, much. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank and, you for and, taking and the time. It, it just, it just, you know, warms my heart. I had, but truth, let's just be real. I had heard about Kraz way before, been listening to your music before I realized who you were on stage that night. Dana uh, was like, okay. um, you know who that is, right? <laughs> so at any rate, well, I appreciate um, that. So that, so that's that's this is huge for me. But th this whole COVID thing, the thing that I've been saying, my dear brother, is that it, the collateral beauty that has come from, um, this tragedy, right? Right. right. Um, having to create and figure out how to continue living, how to continue, how to exist in this space. Um, and it, so it birthed these, these, for us, these, uh, you know, live from the crib shows. Yeah. So we were like, okay, so, so we get the first call Kraz in, in, in March. Okay. So the, all the gigs in March are going to be postponed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're like, okay, cool. April comes, they're like, okay, yeah, so all the gigs through through spring, top of the summer, they're gonna be postponed. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. And then you get the call. So look, we have no <laughs> idea when anybody will be working ever again. Yeah. Like, what the hell? So um in trying to cope, in trying to you know, like I said, figure out what to do and not sleep to three o'clock every day or eat up everything yep. I could get my fingers on. Dana was like, let's just do some stuff that we would be we'd be doing anyway. Let's just do it on live. I'm like, I don't know. We got the baby boy and yeah. we went to the studio and we did it. Yeah. And I think the first time I couldn't even tell you how many people I didn't even want to know how many people were watching or whatever. I just I wanted to do it uh, in in and let it just be that one moment in time. And then that's that. And then dang it. People were like, ah, so what's your cash app? I'm like, was yeah. I supposed to do that? I right. didn't know. Next thing you know, we've done four or five of them. Yeah. And then I've seen you've had on the Hey Sunshine show, you also have guests on and it's kind of like, I love that you, you kind of show a little bit of the inside of, of your world. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you record, yeah. like when I t logged on, you were like recording some stuff with Dana and yeah. uh, you guys have some people on to talk. And I love watching your fans like chime in and, and talk with you. Man, and stuff. you talk about hilarious. So I'm trying, first of all, recording for me is, is extremely private and personal. Right. So this space, uh, allowing myself to be vulnerable enough to share it yeah. is really new. But again, you want new shit, you got to do new things, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm trying mm -hmm. this, this thing and I find that the energy from those fans, from the folks who are just... You know, they might one second they're talking about. Well, so what you drinking tonight? I mean, in my mind, this is how it sounds. <laughs> yeah, the text, yeah. What you drinking tonight, girl? I'm gonna have a lemon drop, yeah. and then and they come back to the come back to to what I'm singing, and then they move out of that. Into, Did you see the news? I mean, they're just all over the place, but somehow it is it is, um, it's interesting. It allows me to, it allows me the 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 benefit of connection enough of a connection like we get live right yeah yeah 
but then I can, but I can just turn away from it. And when I don't need that, yeah, I can go back to my space. And when I want it again, I can kind of look and, you know, I, this is the first time I'm really thinking of it that way. And because um, usually when I'm in the studio, I can obsess, obsess, obsess. But having this this audience, I hit it and quit it. Right. And right. It, it's going to be what it's going to be. That's it. Well, that's a beautiful thing. Uh, if you think about it, it's also like imagine um, us being able to connect with our our favorite artists in that way. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, I'm trying to imagine being able to like watch Stevie wonder in the studio and talk to, you know, um, talk to him or whatever. And it's such an interesting way to connect because when we play live, we can't just stop and be like, Hey, uh, what was that that you were just saying to your friend there? And like engage in a conversation. There was a show we did at warm daddy's Danny, you remember that? Warm Daddies in Philly. I will never forget this. I'm on stage and they got some of the, I mean, I think they closed, they may have closed. Whatever the case is, they were wonderful. They had the best cornbread and it was just fantastic. So I get it. The food's amazing, right? (laughs) I'm on stage and they're bringing food, you know, so the food, you're smelling the food from the stage and you're singing, everything's great. So I'm cool. I'm used to people moving around because that's what it is. It's dinner theater vibe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm singing must one of the slowest songs we have, longest songs in there. So there's a lot of space in the song. Damn it. Right in one of those spaces I'm playing and I'm just kind of leaning back. And I, at a corner of my eye, I see one of the waitresses walk, walk in with a birthday cake and the candles were lit. Right. So guess what that means? <laughs> the song's coming. Not only is the song coming, but you're about to interrupt me because the candles can't burn the cake to pieces, right? Of course. So they're bringing the cake. So I'm I'm like, all right, I'll just stop right now because there's no way y'all going to let that those candles burn all the way down to the to the frosting. So yeah. I'll just stop. I'll wait for y'all to As a matter yeah. of fact, I'll sing happy birthday. Everybody I mean right in the middle of the song. I'll never forget it. I had an out of body experience yeah. that night. I said, "Oh lord, I hope I didn't go too far." But I it ended up being great. We sang happy birthday. Yeah, I, I think I embarrassed the folks. But I didn't care. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. But, but, but the idea, I stop. I don't mind making that a part of the show. Right. It, it showing that I am human, that I I see you. Yeah. I, you're right. Of, another time, you didn't ask me this, but I have to share it. We were doing a show uh, at Chastain. We were opening for, uh, I can't remember who it was. It was Kim, I think it was. Yeah. And our first time at Chastain is huge. I know you've played Chastain. Uh, I'm, we're on stage. This is my. This had to be ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. And people are in the summer, so people are out there. They got ribs and corn yeah. on the cob and stuff, and so nobody has any idea who I am. So I come out and I'm playing. So people are eating corn and drinking. Hey, hey, Lucy, <laughs> what you see? While I'm singing. Oh I'm man, this is horrible but it's a, so i start talking to them as give me some of your chicken give me yeah. give me a hot dog and it not only does it make me feel more comfortable it warms them up too they're like oh she's not taking herself too seriously right right Well, I think not everyone has the ability to go off script. That's what I love about you is like you go with the moment. I remember that on the Apollo show because, I mean, the rehearsal was was fine and great. But when you came on for the gig, it was a whole other thing. 
the energy and the vibe. And I just remember you hitting things with the band. And we all were like, oh, damn. I mean, I remember being impressed at rehearsal, but the gig was crazy. It was y'all. You can't help but rise to the occasion when you have the best players on the planet. There's just no way. It just, there's just no way. That that was one of the highlights of my career. And I think, I don't know if you know, but my my mom came. I remember in, meeting your mom. I met your mom. My baby yeah. was there. We that brought night. everybody. Because yeah. It was, yeah. that was one of those moments that we knew was going to be special because of the people that were we were there with. My yeah. God, you and Chris alone. It was it was really an amazing event. Al Sharpton was in the building, which was I didn't know that was he? mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, he was there. Lee Fields, Nona Hendricks, Lisa Fisher, Stokely Williams. Yeah, Al Sharpton. I mean the the hot the 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 like all star band. That that was one of those one of those nights. My my introduction to Lee Fields. I listened to his records after that. Oh yeah. Was this guy? Oh amazing. yeah. I mean, he's like the culmination of like James Brown. And I mean, he's got so many amazing influences. So he, you know, Sharon Jones was a background singer in his band. He's part of that same crew, the Dap Tone, Dap King, uh, the Expressions. Those are a lot of the same musicians. It's like the the New York uh, scene. So we did gigs with him with Soul Live way back when we first started in the late 90s. Um but yeah, he's been he's been around, and he's got some great records. And uh, he sat in with us a couple of times at at uh, Brooklyn Bowl, um, yeah. as you did. I was going to yeah. say Brooklyn Bowl, man. Yeah. yeah. What was that? Yeah, you came through and ripped it. That was, and that was like shortly after, wasn't it? It was like that same, it was like a few months later. Cause I will say this when I met you guys, you know, every once in a while you run into some people where you're like, I, that those they're just family, just instantly. Yeah. I met you guys, and I was just like, I love these people so much. Um, and I, and as soon as I heard you guys were going to be in town, I invited you uh, to to Brooklyn Bowl, and you guys came down and and just got on stage and just just did the thing. First of all, so live. I'm trying to tell you, mesmerized, right? By by you all. So my daughter tells me about this. She's like, mom, do you know there's this thing where you can be around kids or, or animals or something and they're so cute that you kind of just want to hurt them? I was like, I don't know if that's a thing. She was like, mom, yeah. it's a thing. Yeah. But I felt like I wanted to, if I could have done that to Neil, <laughs> stop it. You are fantastic. Yeah. I, what he was doing with the, the pedals and just yeah. the, he is just, I, yeah. you all are amazing. And wait a minute, then the light show. Come yeah. on, I got so many videos and pictures and stuff. Yeah. It's great. That was great. Yeah, Neil is just a whole other people ask me, you know, is it's hard to say he's just a keyboard player. You know what he's I mean? Not. He cuz he kind of he's a bass player. He's a plays he's doing all sorts of harmony. He's soloing while he's yeah. harmonizing, while he's doing yeah. the bass. I mean, he's one of those people that I've been playing with him for 20 something years and I never it never ends. It's my amazement. You know, just never, never ends. I don't know. Is Neil, I, does, did Neil play, play in church? He actually did not really play in church. Um, That's what's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people ask him that. And not even so much his style, but the facility. Yeah. As a church musician, especially a, a, a keyboardist, Yeah. you are the drummer, you are the bass player, you are yeah. the keyboardist. And if you sing, you're the singer as well. Right. So you're doing all this. So if nobody else shows up, 
Yeah. You got to handle it all. I, I, and I, I, re, I, you know, so when I, looking at him, I'm like, wow. And it's some, I don't know where he honed that skill yeah. to be able to do all that together like that, but he did. It is absolutely phenomenal. His, their, their father and their uncle, I mean, they came from a music family. Their, uh-huh. their dad was a drummer, not professionally, but their uncle, Alan and Neil, you know, their brother is the drummer and the keyboard player. Yes, yes, and yes, And then yes, yes, yes. their uncle um, was Irvin, Uncle Irvin. He it was a, a piano player, but also an arranger and worked with like Billy Strayhorn back in the day and was like a, oh. an amazing musician. And their dad was a drummer. But yeah, really it rooted in the fact that Alan played drums Neil played drums initially, and then he started playing keys, and they never—they just didn't have a bass player around. So the two of them became an ensemble. Like yeah. I can, I with Soul Live, I don't have to be there. I could go take a walk around. <laughs> you know, there's wow. plenty going on. Yeah. Where, where, you know, and and that's what's so amazing about it is that I, the the bed that's there and the groove that's there. Um, you know, I'm just sprinkling on top. You know, the necessity. But, breeds creativity right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so so if you felt like he needed you know a base and if you didn't have one and you, who i was talking to somebody recently i, don't, I think it was i don't know if it was uh, nathan east and oh, he yeah. said years ago they needed somebody to play bass i don't think he played bass and there was a bass at the church it was somebody and he was like well they need a bass player so yeah it was something like that right I, right right but necessity will bring about just like where we are with COVID, right? Yeah. Necessity will 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 breed creativity. Right, right. I want to talk about um how you came into music, first of all. And were you a keyboard player before you were a singer? Absolutely. Oh yeah. I, I didn't really start singing until I was 21. Wow. Because I didn't think I was, I was like my voice, and I say this all the time, but that's what I thought. I thought that my, I thought that my voice was not special. I knew I could sing. Right. In order to, to relay a, 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 you know, an idea, but I didn't think my voice was special enough to be an artist. Right. Crash, because I'm, I'm listening to, at that time, I'm listening to Gladys Knight and Patti LaBelle. I'm listening to voices like Michael McDonald and, you know, all the Clark sisters and oh, yeah. even, even, and I'm an MTV head, right? Yep, so I, yep. I know you were around the same age. Yep, yep. And, and I, I had the benefit of, or we had the benefit of hearing music, especially if you were watching MTV, you go from Lionel Richie to, uh, uh, Pat Benatar, and then the next video would be the Talking Heads, and then the next video. So I'm, I was a fan of all these, all these, to me, very special voices. Right, right. They had something that made them unique, and then maybe a video, a Joe Cocker video, would come up whose yeah. voice was so unique and kind of like, but it made you feel something. And then Cindy Lauper would, you know, it's like. So I didn't think that I I I possessed that special quality. So I never thought about singing like that. I thought of it enough to get a, to relay a point or to write a song. But I was a pianist. I started playing piano at eight. Um, had lessons. Gosh, through through I was eighteen when I you know I told my mom I'm not taking lessons anymore. Now that I'm eighteen, <laughs> you can't tell me what to do. That's it, right? Yeah. 
But you yeah. were you were playing in church though, like in in your yeah. teen years, right? At thirteen. I, thirteen, right? And then yeah. at sixteen, I read that I think your aunt was was the choir director. Is that right? And I was actually thirteen. Oh, thirteen. And, uh, that's that's how it happened. My mom, oh. and my mother was 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 doing my aunt's hair. Her name was Tootsie. Okay. And Tootsie, who's still living today, I love you, Aunt Tootsie. And Tootsie was one of those musicians like Neil. Right. Uh, she she played. Uh, she was the percussionist, the bass player, Got it. the pianist, and the vocalist, and the choir director. She did everything. <laughs> wow. And not because she wanted to, because it was it was a necessity, and um, she couldn't make it. She was playing for a Catholic church, and she couldn't make service. And she was, it's, this was like a, a, a Monday. My mom was doing, doing her hair. She says, Ruth, listen, I can't make rehearsal this Thursday. Um, can Denise fill in for me? I've got the sheet music. She'll be fine. See, I could read music. I could, you, I could right. sight read. Great. Just, yeah. She says, not a big deal. Yeah. That was it. That third, four days later, I was a choir director. Wow. That was it. So Crazy. the only thing I needed to add to my repertoire was music from the radio. And, you know, so then yeah. I'm learning as much as I could at that time, you know, I'm recording, Lord Jesus, you're not old enough for this. Yes, you are. Yeah, tapes. Yeah. I'm recording on cassette tape songs. Yeah. Listen, Christ, let me tell you how crazy it is. I learned songs in the wrong key because the tape <laughs> yeah. was war. Yeah, of course. So there are songs originally in E flat. I'm learning gospel songs in E, which right. is not, that's not. Yeah, not a thing. Like, yeah. You usually A flat, usually flats, you know. Yeah. I learned one of them songs in E and then got somewhere to a, a gospel concert somewhere and I'm playing the song. They were like, what key are you playing? And I'm like, oh, bitonal church music. I'm like, Damn uh-oh, it. uh-oh. But, um, I, I, again, the, the idea of, of creating and figuring out out of necessity, I, I did that, had no idea what I was doing. Next thing you know, from by the time I was 18, Kraz, I was at a different denomination every Sunday. So first Sunday, Catholic Church, second Sunday, Baptist, third Sunday, United Methodist, fourth Sunday, African Methodist Episcopal, and fifth Sundays, I would just float to different, different wow. circles. That's yeah. cr- and so you're and and you're learning different repertoire across all these different absolutely what was what was constant though yeah hymns, hymns were constant right and whatever was popular on the radio people wanted to hear they wanted to hear uh, Donnie McClurkin's uh, speak to my heart they wanted to hear John P Key uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. did have the benefit of getting the sheet music for people like uh, Richard Smallwood. His stuff was transcribed so I could go get the book. And, you know, um, the the other thing, Dana and I were just talking about this. The only thing that you have to, if you're not listening to the music, reading it can be, uh, can cripple you because you you cannot translate feel. Right. But listen to it and it has to be in you. Did you ever find ways to kind of notate um, things that you can't notate in music. You know what I mean? Like, cause, cause I have this weird way of writing charts out. I'm going to send you some of my horrible, you would not think I was anywhere near a music teacher. 
anywhere ever <laughs> if you saw especially for choir rehearsals because it was always easier for me to do the, the lyric type out the lyrics right and then under the lyrics instead of doing a, doing the staff right yeah i would just write the notes independently to the yeah. a c sharp better i know how to do it yeah. for whatever reason my brain it captured that I've got pages and pages and pages. I don't even know why I still have that stuff that yeah. I've done in pencil so I can erase. Some of them I did them in pen and yeah. had to go, oh, nuts. Weird notation systems, for, yeah. but it worked for me. I love seeing how people do that because everyone has their own little way, you know, of. But Chris, you know what's, you know what is tragic? That nobody told us that it was okay to do that. Right, right. That's what's tragic. That's so then you yeah. end up hiding it. You end up not talking about it. Shit, it might, it may have helped somebody else. So, right. Oh, that's how you do it. Dang it, that makes sense to me too. But it was, I was embarrassed for other music professionals um, to see how I notated music. Oh yeah, I still, so I, I still am. Up. I still am. Are when you? I, you know, well, when I do like some of these like bigger shows with a lot of like, I mean, you know, sometimes I get to do, um, you know, kind of like we did the Apollo show. Every, every, I'll do a few of those things a year with like guys like Will Lee and Steve Gadd and all that. But in the end, it always turns out that they have a thing too. Like I'll write, I'll write a little like ba da dump where I'll actually write B A D U <laughs> like ba da dump because like for some reason like rhythmic notation doesn't translate. I mean, I can. And read it, but I have to stop and go, bada, you know, where it's much quicker for me to see the notes. And sometimes I'll write out like the hits, you know, if there's a lot of different hits in a song and there's different yes. accents, I'll yes. write out. And sometimes I'll even do references. I'll be like, yes. you know, I'll be like, what's going on? You know, like, like L L Marvin Gaye or, you know, or I'll have a, another song that I'll want to reference in the notes. And uh, I'll always be nervous when people see my thing. And then usually they'll be like, oh, yeah, I do that. I'll be like, oh, OK. Maybe that's we, what we do because of feel in honor of keeping true to the feel. If we write it, somehow it removes. I, I, I think I turn into, you know, it, it gets really machine like. Right. Right. You know right. what I mean? Right. So let's not even make it look like that. Let's not take away. You know what the rhythm is because you've listened to it and you feel it. All yeah. you need is to remember it are the notes, especially yeah. for when I'm um, teaching, you know, teaching by rote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I needed to make sure the feel was very interesting. Thank you. <laughs> what an epiphanal <laughs> moment for me. Now I feel great about how I notated music. I'm good. We'll be right back after a quick message from our sponsors. So what was the evolution into singing? So you weren't, were you singing at all? I mean, I'm sure you were singing uh, when you were choir director, like singing parts and arranging, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that yeah. was it. it what really? the, the turning point was when one of the soloists didn't show up. There it is again. Necessity. You know? Necessity. Yeah. <laughs> we keep talking about right. Yeah. So I'm like, shit. Who's gonna sing this song this morning? It ain't gonna be me. Yeah. yeah. It's me. 
Yeah. And the, the song I had to sing was uh, uh, Walter Hawkins. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you Lord, for all you've done for me. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. And um, I hadn't, I haven't stopped singing right. since, but, right. but, but I, it still wasn't, it wasn't until I met Dana where I made it singing like a thing. Right. It is a thing. I am not a pianist anymore who sings a little bit. Right. I'm like a pianist and a vocalist. Right, right. That's when that happened. But then that wasn't until I was what? Like for real, after I had both my children. That yeah. was 20, that was 20 years ago. Right. I'm 40, almost 46. So I was almost 30 years old. Yeah, yeah. Before I even acknowledged that I was a singer. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, And did people, I mean, I know Dana did, but I mean, back when you were young, even before Dana, were were there people around you saying you need to be a singer and you need to be out front? I feel like I had the kind of personality that people kind of, she's going to do what she wants to do. Right. (laughs) So we're not going to tell her anything. We're not going to say anything. Nobody ever said you should be a singer. Nobody said that until I met Dana. Right, right. And I don't think it's because, I don't think it's because they thought I couldn't sing. I just think they thought that's not something she would even consider. Yeah. She, she would rather be an MD telling everybody else what to do. I'm, I'm so fascinated by it's, it's what I sometimes call the sliding door moment, which yeah. is when one person meets another person and it completely changes their life. And obviously yes. with Dana, that's true, but it's even like a conversation or a yeah. moment, you know, what I, I, for me, my friend, Dave Gutter, who I wrote songs with years ago, got me to start singing. And by, and I, if you say you're not a singer, I am by no means a singer, but it was just the fact that I was writing these songs and it was again, necessity. I, I was I was making the demos and and you know my friends around me were like you know what these demos aren't really demos these are records you know what I mean and I was like I guess you could be right you know and it was that same situation and I was like okay why not you know I'm a I am a songwriter I'm an, I'm a producer and I've been sitting here waiting around for these damn singers to come by and for <laughs> what and there's one right here why don't I right. just do it myself right. Right. That that moment that, you know, I, I am, you, you know, I believe that God does not give revelation to other people for right. you. Right. God gives you the revelation, but God sends confirmation to mm. other people. Mm-hmm. So while you, while maybe it was not a surprise to you that you were a singer, you did need the confirmation. Right. Right. You needed the nudge. And like I said, I knew I could, I knew I could sing. But I needed the confirmation, and Dana was that. He was like, right. he had, he actually had to say those words. I, listen, I, I hid behind a duo. I was in a, a duo. Um, yeah. Me and my, my children's godmama. Yeah. And yeah. I let her do a lot of the singing. I would come in and do, you know, a verse or two. But I playing keys and harmonize, you know. But I hid behind that crass. I hid. Right. And and then guess what happens? She ended up getting called to end up getting a, a a role on Broadway. Right, right. So then she had to go. So then what were we going to do? Yeah. I, Dana had started working with us and 
she was leaving and he was like, yeah, so then you're going to say, right. I was like, well, no, he was like, no, you're good. Yeah. You should do it. You'll be fine. I was like, right. <laughs> and that was that. Literally, that fast. The crazy thing to me is you seem like such a natural performer. Um, were you, were you ever nervous? I'm still nervous. Really? That does not show in the least. Always nervous. Wow. Especially, especially beef. I, if you, so if you tell me a show starts at eight, it has to start at eight. Right. Or I'm at eight oh one. I'm losing it. I'm yeah. losing it. Yeah. Yeah. Because for whatever reason, I'm made that way where I'm, <laughs> and then when I get on stage, oh, then it's gone. After I sing the first couple of notes, I'm fine. But that, it never fails, Kraz. It ne whether I'm at home, whether I am at the Hollywood Bowl, whether I'm at church, those few moments. So what I've learned to do is just do a little bit of, had a little bit of brown liquor. Like, hey, give me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what that is. I, I, I believe that it, it reminds me to stay humble. I mean, and I, I mean, it never fails. It never fails. I am always nervous. It's always what, because I, I, what I don't want to do, I don't want to feel, I don't want to make people feel bad. And that's because yeah. that's what, that's what I, so I'm always nervous that, okay, you got to be at your best because you don't, you're, if your thing is about, this whole thing is about making people feel good. Otherwise you sing for yourself, right? If this whole thing, it's about making people feel good. What if I don't make people feel good? What if I'm off? What if I do? All that stuff is happening. And until I get out there and then, you know, at that point, did y'all bring a cake out on stage while I, you know, <laughs> and then it's, you know. I think that um, you make people feel really comfortable. You know, I think that's a really important thing about what you do. Not only that, but they, you, you people want to be friends with you. You know what I mean? Once you're not intimidating. I mean, the thing is, a lot of people with talent of, of your level are intimidating. You know what I mean? They come on stage and it's like, oh, wow. But, uh, oh, you know, you bring everybody in. I, I was watching the Tiny Desk today and I love the song Used Car. <laughs> it's just like because, I, you know, every I, well, I guess I should say everyone our age has yeah. felt that way you know, yeah. about themselves yeah. or about, you know, whatever. And I just love how you, you tell that story and yeah. something that could be perceived as like, however you want to perceive it, but you make it a really positive, funny situation. Um, That's the model, right? Chris? I mean, yeah. life, like you said, our age, we get it. We've been yeah. through some shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so what, so you, you, no, you take that and you grow from it. You laugh yeah. about it. You, yeah. you, and then you actually take that thing that was supposedly so tragic and traumatic. And you say, well, here we go again, collateral beauty. The beauty of that is I'm able to say, wait, listen, yeah, I'm divorced. It just, it just means I've been around the block a time or two. Right. That's all that means. Right. But my mom said, don't nobody want something. Ain't nobody else ever had. Right. Right. Like, oh, because nobody else, it hasn't been tried. It hasn't been, you know what I mean? I love that. Now, now some stuff you do, I won't, that don't nobody else. I, some, <laughs> just some stuff. Yeah, yeah. But 
you know, even, yeah, and especially a car. I want a new car now. I told Dana, yeah. oh, I'm going to a new car. Yeah. And Dana's going to be, I said, but wait, though. I'm going to wait until somebody else gets all the kinks out. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm going to get it. I you know? love that. But the, it, it's such a, uh, you paint the picture so well in that song. Um, and I'm curious, like, how did, like, becoming a songwriter, you mm -hmm. know, because getting to the point where you can really express something, because that, I mean, used car, is not, it's not necessarily the most complex song, but the fact that you connected that so perfectly, yeah, you know, yeah. and you, you, it's so relatable. Um, yeah. Did, did songwriting always like come natural to you? And, and then also like, was it an evolution to like, kind of inject your personality, you know, into your songs? Okay. The first thing I I would say it did not come naturally, but now I'm I'm I remember if if I could take to my first I'm have to send it to you. Yeah. I wrote my first piano piece when I was eleven. Okay. It was called La Dream. So I actually wrote it out. I mean it was I'm gonna say I'm gonna let you see it. Yeah. And I won it was I submitted it for a competition and I won, I think third place or something. I was 11. Right. Right. And um, so adding lyrics to me. So yeah, creating in that way felt very natural lyrics. No. Um, so I was all, always in my head about what makes sense. Always, always editing so much that I could never get it out. Right. 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 And um, then I meet Dana. And I think I had written all kinds of musical ideas, right? But no, not a lot of lyrics. It it wasn't until I met Dana where I started. He was like, just let it out. Just write. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? How do you just, he said, just write. Just like you talk, just write. How do you do that? Yeah. You write what's on your mind and just write. Yeah. And it wasn't, wasn't until I met Dana where I realized, write how you talk. Yep. Why not? You don't have to. You don't have to be uh, Donny Hathaway. You don't have to be Carol King. You don't have to be be who you are. That's why you're here, right? That's the whole point. They they they're already taken. Yeah. <laughs> so you do do it your way. If you choose to create a word and make it something, shit, bootylicious is a word, people. <laughs> it's in the dictionary. Google it. Oh man. Create. Yeah. I have to say this. I, I I was talking to someone a while back, a while while back, and they were asking me, you know, just talking about how much, uh, how many accolades I give my husband, and it, it may seem excessive to some people. Yeah. But I, again, this is my second marriage, and the first time I didn't do so well with sowing good things into my my companion, mm -hmm. let alone my marriage. And it was, it, it, that's another story. That's, that's another story with some drink. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, but I am very clear just that I would not be, it doesn't mean I wouldn't be successful, but I would not be at this place without Dana mm -hmm. and the things that he, he saw in me that I didn't even see in myself, Kras, the, as my friend and my, my, before being my husband, as my friend, as a partner, um, a business partner, there were things he just saw that it was, they were really hard for me to see. Mm. And um, 
I, I so I, I talk about them a lot and not to not because I have to not because he's over in the back talking about yeah, keep it going. <laughs> he, he, he usually doesn't even like all of that, but I am committed to being honest about um, and, 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 and sharing uh, why I am here. Yeah. This place. And then I'm very clear about that. And it's okay. And and also I do that because I, you know what I don't like? I don't like for artists to not acknowledge mm. that it was there, not that you are not where you are because of you by yourself. Never. It just doesn't work like Never. that. Something that was so amazing and beautiful to me, Chris, I don't know if you saw Bob James, everybody that that contributed to who he was. Yeah. Yeah. Older than him, younger than him, same age. I mean, he went from my God, he, he, everybody, you, you, I, I, it blew me. I was in tears that he took the time to acknowledge that I, yes, I, and he, cause we know Bob James has been, now listen, I'm just a sidebar. If I could play roads like Bob James, <laughs> you forget it. Yeah. They don't forget it. Do you hear me? <laughs> Whatever. But the, but the fact that, and we, so we know that he's brilliant and he is kind. The times I've met him, he's just kind. But to take the time to acknowledge the, the, the shoulders that, that you are, that you rest on. Mm. You know, I, I just think it's important. It's absolutely important. important. And also what, like you said earlier, and like I was saying way back is that having someone push you to places, there's, there's just no artist that, that we, that we listen to that doesn't have not, I mean, in most cases, a whole bunch of people, but yep. you know, sometimes as writers and as artists, we get in our own way. We second guess too many things and don't let the actual ideas out. Oh, cause I can't say that. Oh, and I can't do this and I can't. And you know, having someone in your life close to you that really understands you and, and, and isn't going to block those things, but help you really like bring them to fruition. I mean, sometimes I'm, you know, cause my, my wife does that all the time, you know, and sometimes, and also sometimes will tell me, you know, that idea, maybe not, but, uh, but for the most part, you know, she, it's like, you know, we can get in our own way too often without uh, the right person with us. Having that person that you trust the person you can relax with and you know that there, it is not a personal, you know, it's not that they don't like it. Yeah. It's like, well, have you tried it like this? Or have you thought about it like this? Or, and that they care about you enough to share it in a way that's tender. And uh, I do think that in the industry, there's some people that we worked with. They feel like if you're not being an asshole about it, yeah, that it's not, you know, you, you know, don't sing it like you need to do it. You, you know, get out and you know, throw in yeah. pans and stuff. It's like, no, I don't want to work in that guy. You don't, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, if we move with love and, and if our intentions are good, um, I don't know. I, I, and I think about it, Yeah. When we think about the, the artists that are tormented and mm. yes, they had really hard that it creates the most amazing art. It's like, I don't, I don't want to be tormented in order to create art. I, right, I right. mean, but I get it, Yeah. but I don't want to be tormented, you know? Absolutely not. 
I want the I want good I want angels around me, you know, giving me ideas and, and nudging me and saying, hey, you got it, and, you know. And I think it exists. I, yeah. And I know you know it exists with yeah. your wife and that, and that tiny little person. You got, I know <laughs> you when I hear you talk about working with your wife in the same yeah. way. Yeah. A lot of a lot of our musician counterparts do not have that crass. I'm curious what you listen to. Um, maybe you could give me a couple things that not only listen to, but that might inspire you that, you know, old old school new school i'm curious what what you guys are, are playing in the house okay so we have the benefit of being in the house it well almost grown people yeah. so our kids are 19 19 and almost 21 right so we listen to everything from trap to gospel so we're listening to any given time when even when i don't want to hear music yeah I'm listening. I go from Ty Tribbett to um, to there's Ken Kenyon Kenyon somebody in Alex Isley. Okay. And when I'm not listening to that, of course, I'm listening to Donny Hathaway. I'm listening yeah. to uh, Bobby Womack. Uh, I'm listening to um, the OJ's, the Spinners, the Spinners, the Spinners. Oh, that that Tom action. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Boom. There's just something about it that is magical to me. Hell yeah. But four on the floor and Tom's. If I could just do that all the time. Yeah. If either so, if we gonna either be house music or yeah. we gonna be on some Tom Soul Spinner stuff. Yes. Um that that's that's my happy place. That's what I listen to. I like that's that. What I like that. Is there any current artists? that you're really feeling right now that you want to let me know about? Yeah, that that this young lady named Alex Isley. Okay, Alex Isley. I'm gonna She's check that out. super, super dope. My okay. yeah, my daughter's about to release her single in a oh. in a and her name is just Drew, D-R-E-W. I'll make sure you have it. Oh, there's another group, I'm sorry, that I've got to tell you about. Yeah. Cousin. Okay. I was in a moment a year ago, the beginning of 2019. This is two years ago. My father transitioned and he died. So I didn't, I wasn't making it crass. It was, I didn't want to hear music. Right. I mean, for months. And that was really hard, really hard on Dana. He made the house. We got a, you know, we got a media room. We got a studio down there. A couple of studios downstairs. We got a freaking piano room and all this great stuff and all these awesome mics and we got endorsements and shit. Yeah. All this great stuff. I even have a Rhodes next to my bed. Right, right? there's a microphone right there. It's just, yeah. you know, he's made it where go and make some music. Yeah, touch it. Nothing. Months. And there was nothing I could do about it. I could, I had to allow myself to be in that space. And um, so again, the, the universe uh, is just mighty in this way. Sent these, these, this group, uh, a young man and a young woman, his name is Rob Milton. The okay. young lady's name is Crayon and their group together is Cousin. Okay. And they met, Dana met us at Whole Foods. Wow. <laughs> And they said they had been following us. And I'm, I'm giving you the, you know, the short, 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 short version. And Dana said, I'm going to have them over and, and 
and see what happens. They got all this great music. I mean, in no yeah. time. That's what's funny about these kids, though. It takes me 75 years to write one song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it was like, so we'll meet once a week. And he's, he's talking to the kids. We'll meet once yeah. a week. And, you know, um, we get a song done a week. And the kids, they pause. They were like, well, in a session, we probably get about nine or 10 songs done. He was like, well, damn, I am hella old. The way they produce, I mean, yeah. the way they spit music out, right, right. create the level and the volume, it's almost unheard of. They're not second guessing. All the second guessing shit I've been doing is for the birds. Right. It's cool if you got $45 million, you can just sit on and sit at the house. And be, no, that's not the right, uh, that's not the right horn sound. That's not the right patch. Get yeah. this stuff done. Get Because the truth of the matter, what I learned from watching Dana work with them, the, usually that first take is the right one. It almost always is. And all of this second guessing and tweaking and trying to tweak the life out of it and I'm learning, Kras, to from these these younger people, our children, just be, stop doing, and just be. You guys are I know you guys are making a lot of music now. Do you have mm -hmm. Do you have uh, plans for releasing and finishing and all of that? So we're going to be releasing a single. Finally, yeah. we're in. So. We were trying to figure out, do we do albums now? Do people still do albums? Yeah. Or do we just put stuff singles out whenever we feel like it and let that just go? There's no, because I, I will say this, there's nothing for me, there are a lot of things worse than this, but this is on the list of some, some pretty bad things. To put on an album and people only have heard one song, especially when you're dealing with radio, right? Yeah. yeah. You feel like, that's the song y'all want to hear, but I got all, I got 11 other songs that are pretty dope. I yeah. want you to hear those. And somehow they all get lost in this thing. But now we have, we have the opportunity to make it exactly what we want. I don't have to put 25 songs out right now. I could put one song out. Let people hear that. They get tired of that. Here's another one. Right. They get tired of that or, or not. We, we can design this thing the way we want to. So we're releasing um, every song that we we're going to release is going to have a video with it. And the first one is called uh, Don't Count Me Out. Cool. And Stanley Randolph is on drums. Oh, cool. Uh, uh, Daniel Moore is producing it with Dana and I. Uh, just I can't wait for you to hear it. But in cool. the song is actually about uh, that period of time where I wasn't writing. And don't count me out, Dana. I'm here, baby. I love you. Yeah. And I'm still with you. I just need this time to get my shit together. Right. So, so you guys are creating a lot of this stuff just at the house, right? I absolutely. Mean, yeah. Literally. Yeah. From, I mean, from the graphics, the graphics to the websites to the to the everything, everything we're doing right here, we have surprised again. Collateral beauty. We have we're able to do much more than we give ourselves credit for. And that's and I say that's about about everybody. Right. Yeah. It's so much easier to throw money at something. And I don't mean that we we are rolling in dough. So I say, oh, get somebody to wash my feet for me. I don't mean that. I right. mean, things like like I do need somebody to do some artwork for me, but I can't pay them five hundred dollars a month to do that. Yeah. 
we're not on the road and we're yeah, and I might like it, I might not like it. Why not sit down and learn how to use Adobe Illustrator, Denise? So I've got the whole Adobe cloud thingamabobby. I did the same thing. I started making these these silly videos of me playing yes. different instruments and and and, and brilliant. Yeah, I mean it's just it's it's uh it is that time where now we can learn these skills and and figure it out, you know? Because I, I mean I know you have an artistic mind beyond music. You might as well utilize that, you know, since we're there. But then guess what happens is then our voice, our fingerprint is actually on all of our stuff in a different yeah. kind of way. It's nice to include other people when yeah. you when you need to. Yeah. But there's nothing like having your fingerprint through the whole thing, the whole process. Love it. Nothing like it. It, and it, it is you. So even the lipstick I'm wearing, this is Miss Lucky, one of the songs on the new album. So I saw that, that you're putting out your own beauty products damn i'm not playing with you <laughs> i'm not playing with you Crazy. Come on, look. that's, how that's do amazing that is... Mac Beauty, you can't say I'm, I'm not doing it right i'll send you yes that's amazing I, I yes there was another there was more in me there was more i have so whatever i want to do now this whole covid thing this pandemic has shown me i can i really can do whatever i want to do it, before it was just a concept when people tell you that, right? Yeah, yeah. But until you do whatever your mind conjures, you don't really, really, really believe it. I think that's been amazing to watch. I've seen so many artists and people go through. It's kind of been in different phases. Like phase one was like shock, eat yeah. all the food you can, hibernate. And then phase two was like, oh, let me try these different ideas out. And then phase yeah. three is like, people are coming out, working out and doing these new ideas and new companies and partnerships yeah. and yeah. all these babies. things. Babies. <laughs> A lot of babies. <laughs> A lot of babies. <laughs> Please stick around. We'll be right back after this short break. Mind if I do something real quick just to spice up the, the episode? Can I pull Dana in here for a second? Dana! <laughs> I met Dana the same day I met you. Now I bother him on text and well, we're always going back and forth. And, so I, I had to bring him in um, and, and get his little perspective. I'm also curious, Dana, um, what you've been listening to. Are there like some producers, guitar players, anything that, that we can we can talk about? Because I, I know you've been in the zone making music um, with Denise and with various people. I've been through multiple phases like during during the quarantine, but like I, I was super into Ty Dollar for a little while. Okay, and okay. Like, all of that stuff. But what I've been doing here lately is, you know, there's always that artist that you like and it's like you know a couple of songs like I know a couple of songs but I've been going back and like using Spotify or whatever and like let me just listen to that whole album like yep, end yep. to end and like yeah. getting into albums of artists that like right now I'm on a on a slide in the family stone thing I like I start oh, yes. finish all that I'm on the Isleys now oh yes and like you know cuz everybody knows like the major 
the major joints and there might be one or two albums that you know, but like mm-hmm. going from the beginning, that's what's dope about the one of a couple of things that's really dope about streaming music is you have access to everything. So yeah, like, I love that. I, I, I'll like dig into that one album, the, the songs from that album that has the, the dope singles, but then start from the beginning and listen to the albums in order. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, like when else do you have time to really do that? Yeah. Oh, I love and so that. I've been, I've been doing a lot of that. Um, and that, that's that been really, really dope. And like, what's dope is like you hear a lot of drum breaks and samples that it's like, oh, that's where they got that, yeah. you know? Yeah. this song that sounds like our song? We'd never heard it before. Yeah, oh yeah, I forgot who it was by. It was a- uh, It's crazy. In doing that, I can't. I forgot who it was. It was like a jazz artist. I was like, "Damn, that sounds like." like I don't know. Oh, I don't really? know if it creeped into our consciousness. But I'd never heard it before. Right. I, I don't know if it had creeped into our consciousness from hearing it. You know, it was something from like the late seventies. But I was just like, "Damn, that's." I, that's, I that's, that, that. that might be a problem <laughs> that, that happened to me recently yeah. I just wrote this riff and I was so excited about it it was like this little chord <laughs> progression thing and I put it down and my so the weird thing about my wife is she has like perfect memory of songs and she'll uh-huh. be and in like the riff from a song and the 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 lyrics of a song and she said oh that that's already a song I was like no 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 I, I just wrote I, you, you're talking about my thing that I just wrote are you kidding me and then she pulled it up on her phone she was like actually here it is. and it sounded so much and but the thing is you know we and it could have been slipped into my like subconscious but it also yeah. could have been that I came up with it and they came up with it I'd like to think the latter but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I've been like referencing so many, uh, like I'm making playlists with people, you know, cause I've been actually able to do some production via satellite nice. during this time, which has been cool. I actually been working with, uh, Mark Broussard, who, yeah. you, guys, who you guys, yeah, toured yeah. With. yeah I'll tell him y'all said, what's up? Please uh, do. Please uh, do. I love that. Tell dude. Me some gumbo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but it's been cool to have, like you said, having access to all that music and then be able to go from like Ty Dolla Sign to the, to Sly to, to, uh, Isley Brothers, or whatever, to be like, okay, I want the fuzz guitar from the Isley, but I want that, that rhythm ace sound from the Sly thing and being able to kind of mash it, right. mash it together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, the creative process for you guys, is it usually like Denise, you come up with a core, a progression and a vocal and then you, and then Danny, you start to build the track or is it sometimes like you have a track and you write to it? What's, what's, it what's the method? Any manner of any, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's all over the place and see you, me and you are similar. We're, we're studio rats, right? Like yeah, I, yeah. I could spend the majority of my life sitting in a studio tweaking and listening and, and but sh- my wife is more of a, like a, like, okay, what do you need me to do? Okay. I got, I got 30 minutes. <laughs> like, you know, uh, that's that's funny. Okay, that cool. is and not true. No, but the, the dope thing that's about funny. that, the dope thing about that is, um, and, and it's challenging sometimes too, but the, but the dope thing about it is like, it's, it was interesting to hear you say that, you know, I second guess myself a lot, but not in the creation process. Like you'll come and you'll be like, I had this idea, hurry up, pull it up, pull everything up. It's like, okay, I'm trying to turn everything on and, yeah. and just play it. It's like, okay, can you do something with that? I was like, I think so. Can you, okay, no, I'm cool, I'm out. 
And it was like, wait, was, you know what, because it comes to me when again, if I, I'm not like you guys, it doesn't come to me all the time. I'm not downloading all the time. Right. But when it does come to me. It's very clear. And a lot mm. of times they're in full songs. Mm -hmm. um, don't count me out. The one is it was a full song. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, and I sat down at the roads and just and Dana was. You, do you remember that day? Dana was getting in the shower and I can tell when I can tell when a song is jamming because yeah. he'll he, you know, he's moving around and then he'll be like, yeah, I won't see him. And he'll go. What's that? Right. Right. So I was like, oh, OK. But but that that one happened during during the pandemic. Yeah. Right, um, right. But then there are songs like uh, our first one of the first songs we wrote together, Stalker. I had the hook. And I called Dana. That's and this is I always tease about this because it's the truth. When we first started writing, we had Nokia phones, those little oh, yeah. funky Nokia phones with the numbers on the front that you had to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you if you're texting, you, you got to hit. You could play Snake on it. Remember that? Yes. <laughs> and if you need to get a V, you got to hit yeah. the thing three times. Three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm texting lyrics and you know and uh, and voice memos through that. And Dana sent, I sent him the hook to a song called Stalker keys vocal and i said i need verses and i think this is how i knew that we were supposed to work together in that way right in less in less than five minutes and at that time dana had a corporate gig he may have been in traffic i don't know where he was but in less than five minutes he sent me the completed song lyrics everything done on oh. that nokia and it's just coming through i'm like right, what? right. Are you just a prolific writer right um, uh, well, I mean, I think also it's interesting because for me, a lot of times, like the failed attempt at making a track or making a beat will become something that gets utilized later. You know, yeah. I'm sure Dana has some of those, like where you just, you log all these beats, you log all these different ideas. And then, you know, if a singer comes to you, like right now, it's actually been kind of nice because I log these ideas and then like Mark or somebody, I'm doing all these satellite sessions. So they, we start an idea and then we log off for a minute or maybe we have one the next day. And in that meanwhile, rather than having someone staring over my shoulder, I try to like super, oh, what if I put this with that? What do I have to put with that with that? And uh, then when I go back to them, I'm like, oh, what about this version or this way to flip it? But yeah, I just, the tools now, it's so cool to like, and I think that they've evolved during this time. Um, or at least my ability to use them has evolved because all of a sudden I got time in my studio and I got time and for people to, you know, and different ways to, to, to collaborate, whether it's zoom or there's a lot, all these new, you know, programs coming out to your credit, man. Um, I've always been kind of a pro tools and logic guy. You were using, uh, you, we did that session you used, yeah. you were using Ableton and I think I had Ableton, but I was just like, I don't get it. But after that, <laughs> Ableton, the, the workflow in Ableton is so quick. So have, like, you been, have you been using that now? Almost exclusively start stuff, start ideas in Ableton because ah. it's so quick. Well, you can change the key, change the tempo. It doesn't yeah. care. It even will, I just found out it will even do that with video. So like right. some, of, some of the production stuff, like some of the, the, new the, the, so, the production stuff we've yeah. been doing, if I needed to like do something yeah. with video and make it, make it on time. Oh yeah. I do that in Ableton. It's, it's it's crazy. It's but amazing. Told me about Ableton, and we, before we started using it, it was we were with Jeff. Yeah. Jazzy so, Jeff. so, so the first person that told me about it was 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 Jazzy Jeff. He gave me a copy of mm -hmm. it, and I was like, 
it looks horrible. I don't, I don't get it. These, well, I don't get it. And so I had it for a long time and I maybe played with it once or twice, but after we did that session, I got a little more serious about it. And I think I bugged you a couple of times about like, how do you do this? And and you were like, I don't think you just do, you know, yeah. and it's really, it's really changed my creation flow, especially now, once I get it kind of going, like, I, I don't like cutting vocals and stuff in there necessarily, yeah. but um, but the new version, I think, has. Oh, I was just about to say, hey, yeah, yeah. the newest one, Eleven, has all the playlisting stuff. Now we're getting into extra nerd stuff, but that, yeah, the Eleven, man, then they they updated it, so now it has the playlisting for the takes and all that. Yeah, exactly. And that's also one of the things about Ableton that's great is that it was it was kind of, it was created uh, also as a live tool. You know, that's why it's Ableton Live. So it has all it has so many like. Uh, intuitive functions that can work so they can make the workflow fast. Wait, you know? don't we know? Because my drummer, is, especially with me, yeah. I'll say, let's do that, do that hook again. Somehow yeah. he's right on it. Yeah. Boom, he's playing yeah. and he's doing it. Boom, yeah. let's cut it here. And he's, wait a minute, I there, something happened and my, my drummer hit, hit the button too soon or something. And I didn't go bonkers or anything, but Dana was like, just remember, he's creating magic because nobody knows what you're going to do. <laughs> I love that. Creating magic. Yeah. We have no idea where he's, you're going. He's pulling a rabbit out of the hat. I don't even want to, I don't want the click in my ears or anything because I'm so stressed out thinking like something's going to go bad. Like, right. but, but he, he he's great. Quentin Robinson. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. Were you guys working together before you were guys were a couple? No, I was married. He was married. Yeah, it, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do that to make Dana just be like, uh, 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 you know, uh, it used to uh, make me weird, but it doesn't. It, it, everything we happened how it was, it was supposed to happen. Absolutely, but, absolutely. But, but we were working together, and there was yeah. clearly something there, right. you know. And and um, but it was you know, we're it, here where we are now. But it was divine. Right. You are parallel with somebody. You're moving like this, but you 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 never meet. Yeah, yeah. But you're so. You're destined right. for something to happen. And of course, right. we had no idea. Yeah, Who right. knew? Right. I mean, a similar thing happened with my wife. I knew I've known her for 12 years and we got married, you know, just recently. Yeah, but that's it was obviously meant to be. And what you guys have created is amazing, you know, and I feel like you guys um, inspire each other, you know, yeah. which is which is just cool to watch and watching what you guys do um, and what you guys have made out of this time uh, is, is just really cool. It's not, I, I keep using the word inspiring, but it does, it inspires um, other artists. And I know it inspires myself to like, keep doing things. I see you guys were like the first ones like COVID hit and you guys were like, we're playing, we're playing gigs. We're, just, we're, play, we're setting up the camera. We're doing this. You know, that wasn't me. Crass. I was like, look, I'm about to make a, a, a deep dish pizza. Yeah. So you can do all the recording you want. I wasn't, you know, but we did it. You know, what's interesting. I mean, I, 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 I wish I could say that like, yeah, I knew, I knew exactly what was going to happen, but, but I didn't, I was just like, man, you know, we're here. I think that would be dope. I think like the, the night before, D, you know, we did our thing. Like D Nice did it, did that first set, right. and I was like, oh, forty-five oh, million people, people or right. something. 
and since, I mean, he's getting into millions now, but, but we were just like, okay, let's do it. And I think we were getting as many as like 25,000, 30,000 people on, on, on Facebook. But then I also realized there's an opportunity in that and that that's a, you know, and since then, I mean, it evolved over, over, over that that's really a thing that people want to see, um, not just music, but engaging content period, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and so we did a couple of those and we were kind of like, okay, wait a minute, we need to, <laughs> let's figure this out because there's something here. And I started really thinking of in the same way that like, you know, in the nineties and early two thousands up to that point, you had to have a major label really to put out a record. Mm. Well, now it's like, you don't need it. It's like independent, not just film or television, but independent television network. Right. And so I was like, we got to figure out how this works. I don't know. So in talking with some other friends and, and I think you and I, you and I even had a couple of conversations and another good friend of ours, Eric Roberson talked a lot about it. And we started the Hey Sunshine Show, HeySunshineShow.com. And well, I mean, even now we're, we're figuring it out, but we're, we're just creating our own content and, and offering it to those that are interested. Right, and and right. everybody has a phone, which is the equivalent of what was the television. Yeah. You know, when we were growing up, everybody watched TV, but now everybody watches their phones. And so we got this content and let's yeah. just, you know, let's just go for it, man. I, I think that just going for it, like jumping in, like, for example, when I started this podcast, I did not know exactly what it was. In fact, it was a different concept initially because it was pre-COVID, right? It's funny that I started it. I started recording them just before COVID. And initially it was like, come to my studio, be in the studio, perform with me and and talk about music. And it's, you know, as when COVID hit, it was like, okay, uh, let's just do this via Zoom. And then that opened it up so much more because all of a sudden I can access anybody. And then all of a sudden everyone has Zoom and everyone knows how to use it and it and, and it evolves. But I think it's that initial idea. And sometimes you don't know what it's going to be until you're doing it, right? And until you're making it. And I think that's the lesson for me that in order to even figure out what you're doing, you have to risk being whack. Yes, yes. Being whack is a part of the process. And right. for me, it's like, I don't wanna be whack. I wanna make everybody happy. This is going to be great immediately. And it's like, but you can't get, you've gotta figure it out. You gotta yeah, fall yeah. when you're yeah. learning how to play basketball. You gotta miss some. I mean, it just is what it is, right? Yeah. It's a part of the process. That has been, that's been one of the greatest lessons for me in this time. Yeah. Yeah. I think letting people into your world. I mean, that's, uh, I, I was trying to record a video the other day and I kept messing it up. And then at the very end, my wife like pops through the door and it, I had to cut it again. And then I gave up. And then we were having a conversation with her friend and I was like, yeah, you know, I, I wasn't feeling it. I tried it a few times. She was like, you know, people just want to see you mess up. And so I looked at the last video and it was the one where my wife busted through the door. I posted that and everyone was like, oh, we love that. And it was like, you know, just me in my moment trying to play and then getting frustrated. Yeah. You know what I honestly think? And, and I have, I have another, another buddy that has a podcast and he said, yeah. like, his, his best podcast ever is like when everything crashed and burned, he didn't have his notes or anything. Yeah. And he just went for it. And that's the one that people react to. But what, you know what I think though, I think that we've gotten so um, 
we have so many different tools to make things perfect yeah. that it, it kind of sucks the, we, we've, it kind of sucks the soul out of it. So mm. when people see something that has some realism, I think that's why reality TV is a thing. Like when, 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 there, yeah. when there's like some realism and even though we know reality TV is not really reality <clears throat> TV, but the Excuse production me. value is so much lower. It, just, it feels grittier. It feels more like, okay, I can relate to that. You know? Okay. Yeah. He had, he, he didn't have a haircut. So, you yeah. know, blah, blah, or he didn't, they didn't Photoshop or auto tune it. And I appreciate it. And I, I, I really think that that's a thing. And I think kind of, like you said, just jumping out there and being like, Hey, this is what it is. I'm gonna try it. I don't know. Yeah. You know, um, 98% of the time it, it's a lot doper than you thought it was going to be. And you but know? to your point, yeah. it humanizes us and p- makes people a part of the process where they, they see, I remember when they were shooting that with their phone. Right. Now they got 14 cameras and they got this. You know, they got yeah. sound people. They got people. Right. And it, yeah. it, it really endears people to you. Again, it humanizes us. Yeah. But we don't have to put on. I, we don't have to put on. Right. I, I do think that there is a space. The the I could talk about the children. The the, the are they? They're not the millennials. What are they now? Are they the millennials? Our Gen kids. Gen Z. Gen Z or something oh, yeah, like Gen that. Gen Z might be right. Yeah. They are not putting on. They don't give a damn about right. what anybody thinks. Right. Right. And there is such freedom in that. They mm-hmm. they they. They don't take themselves too seriously. They are, you know, my daughter, I, I was, and there's a thing, they only wear lashes. They don't put, you know, say I'm old school. If I'm gonna put some lashes on, yeah. the rest of my face needs to be done. They're like, yeah. no, I just want lashes. Yeah, yeah. That's it, that's nothing else. And they don't care what we think. And I mean, they, to an extent they do, but when you even say that about Micah, the boys, when we're telling them something, they're like, no, we got it. There's something that's inspiring about that. Yeah. Something I, that we didn't get. I think you're right. You know, um, you know, and like you said, in second guessing everything, they don't, it doesn't appear that they second guess the way we do. Yeah. I think, you know, I'm always trying to collaborate with people from all over the map and a lot, I do collaborate with a lot, a lot of younger folks, but it's been interesting to watch how, uh, and like you were saying with the the group cousin, um, how, you know, different people are creating. I mean, I've, I've worked with artists now that have their whole studio. On, I mean, and I do the same thing. I work on my laptop and stuff and it's just crazy to be, a. you know, I feel like I fall into this era where I came up in the beginning, like recording on tape and all this stuff. And now, um, any, like, I know this, this one young artist, Victoria Canal, she can make, she makes her whole albums on her laptop. She just plugs a little controller in, she got her microphone in there and she makes these beautiful records and she just learned how to do it in this little tiny thing. And just every, she records wherever I'd actually just watched the Billie Eilish documentary. And most of that record is made on like a mic plugged into a, a laptop in a bedroom and whatever. So I'm just, I'm excited to hear where this all goes and how younger artists evolve. And I I hope that I can absorb as much of that, you know, as I get older. I was going to say, that's what our daughter has done. She sits in her bedroom. We're like, is she all right? Are you alive? You okay? (laughs) She's in there making records. Top to bottom. And so what she's about to release, she was like, I don't really want to be an artist. 
I want people to know that I produced it. I want people to know I yeah. played the instruments. I want them to know that I did everything. I didn't mix, but you know, my, my dad mixed and mastered it, but yeah. I sang it, I wrote it, I produced it. I, I'm like, and you did it where? From a microphone? Didn't you buy the microphone? Yeah, she got mic. like a USB mic. Yeah, the USB I, mic, right? May have been even just using the the, the iPhone, the yeah. iPhone mic, you know. And that's incredible. They're not taking this stuff. You know, it, 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 they're not taking it that seriously. It took back to the same point. Yeah, they're like all the stuff that you guys think is so important. We're on and we're off to better things while you're obsessing over, you know, the right mic pre. Right. I'm not saying <laughs> that we should, but they don't even they don't even know what that is. Yeah, and right. they're making records. Yeah. Yeah. And people are listening to them. Right, right. And loving them. So I mean yeah. that that's for me. I, you know, I Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to hear it. I I mean, I just love y'all's whole family vibe and the fact that you guys, you know, all are just making music and being creative and inspiring each other. Uh, well, I appreciate you guys taking the time. I love talking to you guys and I hope we can do it again. I hope we can be in the room and make some music together. Looking forward to it, Crash. I want to thank Avery for being on the show. I love her. I love Dana. Such great people and so fun to connect with them. Before we go, I'm going to play a track that we talk about in the show, and this one's called Used Car.
Eric Krasno Plus One is hosted by me, Eric Krasno. Executive producers are RJB and Christina Collins. Audio production by Matt Dwyer. Produced by myself and Ben Baruch of 1111 Group. All original music is by me, and most of which are instrumentals from my album, Telescope, under the artist name Kraz. This podcast is presented by Osiris Media. If you'd like to get in touch with us, email krazplus1 at gmail. That's K-R-A-Z-P-L-U-S-O-N-E at gmail.com. Send me some questions. Maybe I'll answer them on air. Send me suggestions of other guests you'd like to hear on the show. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you next time.